When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com. The entire gang uh, is here. Everybody is here. It's been uh, quite a, an eventful week so far. It's just Tuesday. Uh, we're doing the pod a little bit early because uh, I've got some uh, radio obligations tomorrow. The uh, those all these you know sixty eighteen giveaway things. I've got to be at one of those. So uh, anyway, we are here. Uh, George Stoy has brought chaos with him. We've 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 discovered. I mean, things have just been going haywire ever since you arrived. Yeah, sooner scoop where we uh, chase ambulances and put out fires on campus corner. <sighs> Fuck stick. Anyway, nobody supports um, the blue. Nobody supports the fire department. Nobody supports the uh, you know medical response teams. You we basically are first responders. So what happened for those of you who are not social media savvy? Probably more important than first responders. Uh, the uh, a house just across the just behind campus corner. Uh, just east of Campus Corner, caught on fire yesterday as we were sitting here in the office. We saw the smoke billowing up, and we're like, hey, that looks pretty close. What is that? My only point of reference is when, like, Hibden Tire caught on fire not too long ago, uh, and it was just, like, black smoke. It looked like it looked like somebody had dropped a bomb in the middle of Norman. Uh, but yesterday, we saw this, this black pillowing smoke and walk over there, and a house is, like, literally starting to catch on fire, I mean, there was nothing we could do. Like, you couldn't throw water on it at that point. Uh, it was out of control then. And we just watched someone's house, someone's apartment go up in flames. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was like a movie, how quickly it went smoke inferno. Yeah. Well, that was, and, I mean, it was crazy. And the popping and the, yeah. the noises yeah. that it was I kept thinking being... that something was going to uh, blow up. Yeah. Well, I was picturing that scene in, like, Lethal Weapon where the house blows up uh, in, like... Like I was, I, I was being like mom over there. I was like, "You guys need to get back. Something, this thing could blow up." I was ready to run in in case anybody was in there. I was about to say, Eddie, Eddie deserves all the credit here. He's the one that called nine one one first. Uh, I do feel bad for. I believe it's a, a girl's car that also oh was man lost in the damage there. Uh, I just can't imagine uh, being out on the beach all day in Destin or wherever, and then coming back to a phone call that. Uh, Hey, by the way, some updates from Norman. Your your car blew up. Yeah. Your car burned down. I mean, the, the back windshield like blew out of it, and they had the full strength of the fire hose just going into that car to put out the fire because it had oh, caught I, on fire. I, I think that they smashed it. Yes. Yeah, they smashed it's, that back yeah, window. Yeah. It smashed. Yeah. yeah. Bob, you weren't here. I, I, I watched the news. The news had pictures of it. You can't trust them. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> those are the last people that I would trust If they were doing this. their job, they would have had Eddie on there. 
That's well, right. I, this I, is true. I tried to sell uh, the video, but nobody, uh, no, no, nobody took the bid. <laughs> we don't have a TMZ <laughs> around to pay for video. I'm just shocked Eddie wasn't the guy live on the scene. Like, I walked up and the fire just started going crazy. <laughs> like, he just got some wild-ass quote. Like, oh, I, I, Eddie would be perfect for I described role. it as the scene when uh, they tried to uh, burn down the Stanford admissions office on uh, Orange County. It was, ele- it was electrical. Yeah, I do. But yeah, that was, uh, that, was a good, that was a good scene. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, we had that yesterday. Uh, we've got all kinds of we, people are trying to start b- battles with this. Like, I don't know. This isn't like Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, like, it's it'd be more like Eminem and some homeless guy trying to start a rap battle. That's a really good pop pop culture reference there. You th- it's not so old. Uh, yeah, now, that was right? good. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody knows who Machine Gun Kelly is now because he dated Megan Fox. So. Well, I have the perfect one. There was a shitty white rapper when I was in high school that my friend and I like literally bought the album because he like as well as albums like it just looked like garbage. And you're like, this has got to be bad. His name was Jealous Jay, and I was like, that's the perfect that that is just perfect all the way around. I hadn't thought of it till this very minute, but that is that's the rapper that we're talking about. So that's exciting. No, but it, I mean, you know, we had the uh, the ambulance chasing incident apparently. Um, uh, what else have we had, George? Oh, we've had the 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 shooting or the the assault with a deadly weapon on campus corner. Yeah, since you've showed up. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a busy couple weeks. We talked about that, I guess, last Wednesday, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, and then we had all the uh, not fallout, but just the border regent stuff that was yeah. actual serious stuff. And then apparently an arsonist in Norman. Yeah, I don't know what it was. They said it was the trash. Somebody like maybe put a cigarette back there. Here was the best thing that happened yesterday, though. This was the absolute best thing that happened. I almost, I thought I was going to die. So we're standing there, and they've pretty much got the fire under control. And OG&E guy shows up. Uh, and, like, I had been joking, like, Eddie, go get a cigarette from your car and walk up to the fireman and ask them if they got a light. Uh, but the we look over, and the OG, OG&E guy is, like, halfway down his cigarette. Like, he has just been puffing away, right? I, he may have used the fire to light it. The aesthetic of the fireman was just, <laughs> I mean, uh, of the OG&E guy was unbelievable. <laughs> it was actually kind of beautiful. And that's what you do from every movie that I've ever seen. Is you smoke at a you fire? You smoke a cigarette after you put out the fire. That's what every fire like. My, it's a tradition. One of my saying. favorite. One of my favorite movies growing up was Backdraft. There you go. Yeah. Yep. And uh, they all smoked. They made it look cool. So obviously, that's what you have to do. Are you saying that they've influenced you to start smoking? I don't smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why people are laughing about that. That's a uh, uh-huh. that's a that's an honest statement. You hear that, that that's Karen? A lo- that's a legend that started. <laughs> that's right. You know, with people that know you. Yeah, that, that's yeah, right. That makes sense. Well, and any of the videos that I've ever had a cigarette on my mouth, that is a uh, that's called a prop. Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> and the and and you practice that flicking without ever lighting a cigarette your entire life. I flicked my fraternity brother's cigarettes after they smoked them. That's they. It's like eating somebody else's crust. <laughs> That was like a pledge oh thing, God. and you just kind of kept it going afterward. Yeah, that, that makes that's sense. exactly right. All right, well, uh, let's see. Uh, it is time for the uh, – uh, Well, it's NCAA tournament week. Oh, you. I can't wait to hear what Bob's breakdown of the NCAA tournament looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. Well, it is time for the Enjoy Vision Fresh Perspective. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Look around. Uh, Bob, you can go now. Uh, yes, uh, 
the tournament coming up. I mean, I don't even know if I'm going to fill out a bracket this year for the first time. I'm just so disgusted with basketball, uh, especially. I mean, like after our State talk fans. on Friday, after I didn't get you excited for the college basketball season, no. for the college basketball tournament. You are you are excited for a di- very different reason. No, I, I like man watching it. Is probably going to be asking for a raise at the end of this week. <laughs> That's probably not out of the question, but <laughs> I it, or he could be treating I, us. I love this time of the year. I really. I'm putting together a perfect bracket. Thursday through Sunday is, I think, one of the like best stretches of sports it's, all year. It's great. I love last week. I love the conference tournaments. I like the pressure of teams having to win to get in. But yeah, this week is pretty good as well. So uh, we've got that. We the Sooners are not going to the NIT. Um, I can't remember. Did OSU? They're going right. They're OSU's number one they're overall in. seed. Right. Yeah, but going to Youngstown State. Yeah, because they can't play in the uh, Gallagher Iba on Wednesday. And uh, the women, they're going out to California, right? Or Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yep. Yeah. They're, to, uh, they're in the Greenville Regional, but they're playing in Los Angeles because of the pod system. Right. So uh, they are actually the highest seed out there, right? UCLA's no, five. UCLA's no. four. If oh, they were four, four, oh, they're four. It would have been in Norman. Right. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Uh, but no, it's, I think it's been impressive what Jenny Baranchik has done uh, with that women's team in just two years. So uh, good for them. As we all know, they're all playing for a second, though, because South Carolina is just a beast. Uh, but yeah, you got that going on. Spring football. It's it's spring break here. I know I've seen uh, plenty of uh, Instagram posts. And I saw DJ Graham is in like Rio. Yeah, they're in Brazil. Him and uh, Bothroyd and Ethan Downs. I saw they were all at a uh, rugby game last night. Yeah. Was that rugby or soccer? Oh, was it soccer? It might have been. I guess it would have been soccer if they're in uh Brazil, right? Are now. they are they in Brazil? Dude, just we got a soul mission here. <laughs> yeah, I was don't, say, is, it, is, it, is it like a yeah, micro? I, it's got to be. I feel like that's got to be like some sort of mission trip. I could see maybe. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I can't think of just going to Brazil to party. I mean, I guess you could go to Brazil to party. Oh no, I, they're with the University of Oklahoma in oh, okay. some form. Okay. Because I saw a uh, Instagram post that it. It was in Spanish, but it it tagged the University of Oklahoma. Well, they went to like, like Miami last year, right? To um, yeah, yeah, they went down to Florida, yeah, 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 school yeah. and stuff. Helped them out, so that's pretty cool. Uh, by the way, uh, we also have some big recruiting news that we're going to be getting to, uh, and uh, Josh was very happy about the timing of all that last night. Uh, so we will get to that. But first, uh, Eddie Radosovich, the reason that he could see the fire yesterday, the reason he was able to call 911 before anybody else uh, is because that man has perfect vision. I would never want to make it about me, but we will make this portion about me. Uh, enjoy vision. It's the best laser vision center in Oklahoma City. Not even close. Combination of mind-blowing technology, experienced eyeball surgeons, and exceptional patient care was life-changing for me. The, uh, the, the patient care part is maybe my my favorite part it was uh, a very easy process in and out basically one day went in there with uh, poor vision walked out with superman vision uh right now enjoy with me.com use the promo code 40 that is the letter n j o y with me.com promo code u40 if you have ever been in, interested or uh you know thinking about getting laser LASIK. go do it or lasik yeah go do it they use a laser just go do it, it it's it's Literally one of those things that you're going to be, uh, you know, how could I, how, how was I living without this? Exactly. Exactly. And just the idea of not having to mess with contacts or glasses or anything on trips, like think about having to go on a trip 
and having to uh, go buy a contact solution. You don't want to have to run down to Walgreens. You've had to do that before. I've seen I, it. I've done that multiple times. Or the worst part was like, you know, the summer's coming up. You're going to be at the lake. What if you lose a contact in the lake at the islands down at Texoma? And then you have to walk around basically with one eye closed. <laughs> you might end up going home with some local from Eufaula. And that would have been good. good looking. Yeah. Yeah. You might get. <laughs> you can yeah, put that in a live read. Can't put that in a read. <laughs> well, I'm just warning people. I know that this has happened to some people. So just hit up the Enjoy Vision and uh, they'll take care of you. Well, let, let me save Eddie for one minute there. I can say that while this is clearly an advertiser, Eddie was selling this to people at the Under Armour. One hundred percent. Into later. One hundred percent. This is something Eddie believes in in real life. Um, I was a little worried we were going to have an Ari Gold entourage moment where I had to like walk in with the guy doing the eye test and be like, just just get out, like get out, start start videoing something because Eddie was given the, uh, the the strong sales pitch for enjoy. Ugh. I was trying to get business up into Oklahoma. I'm bringing more business to Oklahoma than others. I think you know, if you know. All right. Uh, Check out at News OK. The Enjoy Vision Fresh Perspective Look Around was brought to you by Enjoy. Remember, uh, use that promo code U40. You get $400 off. Uh, LASIK, go to enjoywithme.com, N-J-O-Y-withme.com. Use that promo code U40. Uh, okay, uh, so Josh, let's start with you. Uh, speaking about looking around, I'm sure you woke up this morning to a lot of text messages and uh, trying to figure out exactly why someone would commit almost at midnight uh, on a Monday, uh, but sooner pick up a big uh, 2025 commitment. Uh, they don't even have a 2024 commitment, but yet they have a, a 2025 now. One thing we can say unequivocally, Kevin Sperry is not worried about his brand. That's not what he's thinking about with his commitment decision. Like 1130 on a Monday night might be the most low-key time to ever announce your commitment. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately it was a guy we had a chance to see this weekend, talk to him. Uh, Eddie's already got the video up on the board. Um, he was he was impressive. I mean, there's no way around it. He's really well put together for a young guy, kind of. Eddie, I mean, you know, you saw Baker as time went on more than I did, but like physically, I'm going to guess that's something like what Baker looked like because he's kind of, you know, like, well, like in the lower body, he's bigger than you would think for a high school sophomore. And he's um, threw the ball really well, had some nice, um, uh, some nice work in the accuracy drills, uh, connected with some receivers vertically. And I, the thing, you know, watching his tape and doing the commitment breakdown, which we've got up on the site, the thing that amazes me, watch that guy play, and you're like, man, he's not getting – like, there is no play where he just drops back and throws the ball. Like, he is constantly under pressure. Uh, Rock Hill's not a great team, a new school, kind of figuring it all out. And he was just constantly moving around, having to change platforms, and is a guy that really looks good doing it. I mean, I you know, I, I made the the comp, and I know a lot, of, a lot of our members just love my comps, but – Chase Daniel is kind of who he reminded me of, kind of a, uh, like I said, compact guy, but makes a lot of throws at a lot of different angles. Is a good athlete, can move around, pick up yardage with his feet, but isn't going to be like Kyler Murray running the ball. But he can absolutely go get you a first down if you need it. I thought he had a pretty nice day at the camp on Sunday as well. Uh, you know, it, it's just so hard too because 
and I don't know, maybe it's just one of those things like with the quarterback and wide receiver chemistry, it's hard for a bunch of those guys to get on the same page. But like going back through all the video that we had, and we had a ton, uh, you can tell who the quote unquote elite quarterbacks are, if that makes sense. Like you can tell who the guys are that just throw really good balls. And, you know, Sperry was in that group alongside, you know, Michael Hawkins, obviously, in the 2024 class. Uh, there was a couple other guys that I thought, you know, it, it just seems like when those are the guys that are throwing the football, you don't have to worry about incomplete passes or passes being sporadic. I thought it was a pretty good quarterback camp all the way around. I thought there were a lot of good players, but there's there was definitely guys that it looked different coming out of their hands than some of the other guys. You know, Hawkins has some zip. Uh, Sperry's got some. The Mabry Matower kid, McCabe's yeah. little brother, uh, he has got some velocity. He can spin it when it comes out of his hand. Um, Him and Lagway really probably had guy. the biggest arms there, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, Lord. DJ Lagway, like, it's a missile coming out of his hands. Like, it flies. Um, and it was – I mean, Eddie, what would you say, 30-mile-an-hour wins on that field that day? I mean, it, was, it wasn't a perfect throwing element by any stretch. The wind was definitely blowing harder going towards the – I guess it would have been the south. Like, when, the, when they flip yep. back over – you could tell from the two videos that we had, it's like, oh, he's throwing into the wind. Well, and you could see on, you know, and, and Sperry, Sperry, I thought, did a nice job adapting to it. Uh, you could definitely tell on all of their throws that there was a very different trajectory depending on what end zone you were throwing into. Like, it was a lot more flat and trying to get it directly to the guy sure. heading into that north end zone. The south, they're like, oh, just let a guy run under it. You know, we're, we're going to let him go get it. Um, and there were, you know, several receivers. I, I thought, um, you know, I don't know how much we want to get into the camp right now, but I thought, you know, I saw Bryant Wesco have a few good moments with both uh, Kevin Sperry and Mike Hawkins. So um, it was, I, I would say, one of the more talent rich from an OU perspective, you know, where I thought we saw a lot of guys who will probably end up on OU's roster at some point in the future in that camp. Like I, I thought it was really strong and Kevin Sperry was um, as good as any, you know, of the, of the junior quarterbacks I saw. And frankly, you know, as good as any of the quarterbacks, he, he was very strong, very sound. And I mean, I just, I love his release. I mean, he, he's one of those guys that as soon as he sees it makes up his mind, he has very quick, it's just kind of a whip. And it's, it's like I talked about with um, Mike Hawkins, Sperry's kind of the opposite. Very repetitive. You can tell he's done it. He's worked on it a lot. And it's just every time. It's just it's on point. It's going to be the same way. But like I said, on tape, you can see him do it from all these different angles. There's some, you know, I mean, pardon the uh, the darkening of his reputation, but a little Brett Favre there. Because, I mean, there really is a lot of different release points when he gets rid of the ball. Steal from the poor and give it to the rich. The, the one thing that I... <laughs> did think and this is completely based off the three-minute conversation we had on camera with uh kevin on on sunday it would seem that he is very comfortable with a a very pretty open about the idea of being an ou football fan and b just from where he is located and working out with sean cooper and we know everybody that is coming up in that kind of that that workout uh that I don't know what you want to call it, the, the facility training or whatever group. there and yeah. the training group, it would seem that he's going to be a, uh, it's it's going to be easy for him to sell Oklahoma uh, with as much talent as coming out of that North Texas, Southeastern Oklahoma area. Oh, I don't think there's any question. I mean, and you look, 
where it could be very, very advantageous, you know, um, is having a big time quarterback like that in the Dallas area when one of the best wide receivers in the country, who again we saw on Sunday, is DeCorian Moore at Duncanville. Like they're going to be at camps together, they're going to be around each other, they're going to go on OU visits together. And to have that guy, and again, you've got to see, like, we, we all saw Jackson Arnold was pretty good at it, um, being able to kind of walk the line of, I'm going to recruit you, but I'm not going to wear you out about it. And at the same time, you get other guys who just absolutely push a guy away from a school. I don't think Kevin Sperry will be that way. He didn't strike me as a overbearing kind of kid. He's kind of low-key. Um, so I, I think that can be something that can work, and Again, when you get that quarterback that early, and then if you can finish off Mike Hawkins in you know on April eighth when he makes his announcement, you've got two quarterbacks in the Dallas area, an area that we all know has always been a priority. But I think under Brent Venables, you're going to see it more like Bob Stoops, where there are probably eight to ten guys in the Dallas area that OU wants to take every year, and, and probably will take. Hey, how so I think you're you're going to see that as a bigger thing. Just seeing him up close, how tall legitimately is Sperry? I would say six one's pretty fair, Eddie. Wouldn't you say? I mean, he was. I mean, he and I are about dead looking each other in the eye. I mean, that was, he was. You know, I, I would say that's about right. And you know, I would also add too that he's much bigger than the first time that I saw him. That might have been at this camp a year ago. Uh, and then to keep in mind that he's only a junior, I I walked away thinking he's a little bit bigger than I thought he was. He. And like I said earlier, very well proportioned, like big, solid kid, not like a little, you know, kind of rail thin quarterback where you got to, you know, kind of see what it does. There's there's some physical comparison between he and Jackson Arnold. Like I, I could see that as well. Like they they kind of physically have a similar build. Um, I mean, he's I don't know about you, Eddie, but for me, he's clear. He's probably not as tall and as long as Mike Hawkins is, but he's he's more physically developed at this point. You know, Josh. At this time last week, Kevin Sperry didn't even have a, have an offer. I mean, it just happened so so uh, quickly. Are you confident that it that it's going to stick? And and were you a little shocked at how how fast it all came together? I I am. I mean, even so, you know, we can kind of peel back the curtain now. So all along the the sidelines, and and really since the offer happened, you kept hearing the next time he visits, which you know, as you learned, was going to be March twenty third he's going to commit. Like you just kept hearing it. Like almost, I would say within 30 minutes of him getting that offer, I heard, um, Oh, you going to have a 2025 commitment before they have a 2024 one. Cause you know, we all knew Mike Hawkins was going to go April 8th and everybody's kind of thinking that could be number one. And you know, we'll see if that, if he's the first or not, but, um, walking around the sidelines, you were like, okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, Kevin Sperry, like I, I, I almost like, I'm shocked by it in this day and age, but I respect it. He didn't try to hide anything. He didn't try to be coy about it. Anybody that's watched that video interview, like I kind of put him on the spot, but he could have taken the out and he didn't like, he just started laughing and was like, ah, we'll see. I may commit, you know, like he didn't try to hide anything. And I think, you know, OU's just where he wants to be. And it's, it's not like, you know, he's committing to OU without other, I mean, he's got Oregon, Tennessee, A&M, um, and there's another uh, Florida State. I, I mean, he's got some good offers, and I think OU's just what he wants to do. Like, I, I don't think there's any any big um, big risk for him there, or anything that would tell him to do something else. So, 
we'll you know have to see where it goes. You never want to say anything with a, a kid that's 16, but I, I, it would take something changing, and I don't think I know people will say, well, what if Jeff Levy leaves? I don't think that's what it is. Like, don't get me wrong. He he likes Jeff Levy and wants to play for Jeff Levy, but I don't think it's a deal where that's what he fell in love with. I think he just likes OU. And, and Josh, this may be a stupid question, but this has no effect on Hawkins' decision, right? I really don't think so. I, I, I don't see why it would. Um, I think, you know, because honestly, more than anything, the reason I believe that is because I know – Jeff Levy knew when he offered Kevin Sperry where that was probably going to go. Now, he may not have known it was going to happen within like 96 hours, but like he knew that that kid was a heavy, heavy OU lean. And if he offered him, he was probably going to be his quarterback in 2025. So I've got to think he was comfortable with that and how that was going to impact Michael Hawkins. And Hawk is, you know, he's like his dad. He's an incredibly confident kid. Now, he's real low-key about it like you don't there's no cocky vibes from Mike or anything but I I don't think he's gonna feel threatened about that or you know like he he's gonna expect to go I mean he's willing to follow Jackson Arnold I I don't know what he's scared I mean I you know and no offense to Kevin Sperry but in the pantheon of quarterbacks I, I mean Jackson Arnold's a bigger problem right now for Michael Hawkins than Kevin Sperry is is it time that we had a recruit that was just an asshole to everybody like all other players, like, you know, everybody gets along so well now and they all, they're all friends and they exchange jerseys and, you know, all that. Like, let's just get an asshole back. Like, that just hates everyone, wants to destroy everyone, doesn't, like, like, remember when Russell said that Russell Westbrook was like, the ball is my friend. I don't need friends. Like, we need, hadn't turned out well for Russ, but, you know, we need, I want to, I want to recruit like that. Uh, you know, kind of like a down and out former, you know, beat writer. Well, I guess still current, but down and out. Just Don't be an asshole like to people for no reason. Part of us being like the Jordan era products, like we 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 can still respect those guys. These guys are all LeBron kids. Like, oh, everybody's friends, and we we go on vacations together after we lose <laughs> the finals to one another. <laughs> Hell with that, man. Like, I'm not doing it. I got no room for that in my life. Um, I just want it to turn. I just want I I just want this generation of lovey dovey kids to turn. To where they all want to kill each other. You want to heal. Yes. I love it. I'm for it. Find one uh, of those for us. I'll, 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 we'll I make mean, them a star. The thing I will say is there are kids like that. They've just gotten much better at masking it. Like, there is a... I, I mean, guys, let's be real. We Oh, you had one a couple years ago that was real good at like... Oh, Spencer yeah, Rattler? My teammates. I love my teammates. And everybody's like, he's kind of a dick. Is it Spencer Rattler? Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. I mean, like, and I had no problem with Spencer. I'm not saying, like, he and I got along fine, and he was pretty good to me in general. He just needed to be but, better at football. That was his problem. Yes. That's going to yes. be the thing. You, that you can't just talk it. You're going to have to be really yeah. good. Like, John Tay Cook, who just signed to Texas, he could oh. be that type of guy. Yeah. I, I, Carrie, I wish you, like, had gotten a chance to really follow John Tay. John Tay is, his give a shit is so low. I love it. Like, and I don't mean that like he doesn't care about football. He's, his concern over what anyone thinks about anything he does is zero. Just, it's nothing. Like, he was the kid that walked through Texas and was like, I don't see any football trophies. All I see is swimming trophies. He put it on his Instagram. <laughs> and he signed like, with Texas. <laughs> and he signed with Texas. 
Who was the, who was the kid a long time ago, Josh, the linebacker that went to Texas? Was it like Robert Killebrew? Yes. I love that kid. And I yep. even when he's at Texas, like I still love this kid. He he was one of the um the the famous Jeff Ketchum the worm has turned guys. Oh, okay. Uh, because he was that kind of killer that Ketch thought they didn't have in the 2000s. And he was like, "Oh, you's got all those guys. The the guys that just want to rip your heart out." And, you know, Max got him singing Kumbaya, and then he goes, "But no, he got a guy like Killebrew, and Killebrew didn't give a damn." And like he his 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 um, summation was wrong, but his inputs were right. Like, Killebrew <laughs> did not give a shit. And by the way, uh, we're talking about George and eating. Uh, George, you told me the other day that uh, you're a big shrimp guy. I love shrimp. Um, good protein. Uh, I've been trying to eat a lot of protein lately. So uh, and it's healthy. Bulking up. Yeah, bulking up for the summer. Uh, trying to get that summer bod. But yeah, no, I love I love shrimp. I'm not a big usually like fish guy, but mm-hmm. shrimp is fantastic so i need i need to order are you some. like more of a new orleans type guy are you like a, a cajun or are you like a uh like a they've got like the french uh, prime shrimp is what we're talking about p-r-i-m-e shrimp.com uh our great sponsor of the pod uh use that promo code sooner scoop you get 25 percent off your order if you get five packages or more and uh, now they're just single pack so no more doubles if you've, you've ordered before you can just get a single pack uh, 10.99 or 9.99. Uh, George, they've got. Let me just read you down. You tell me what what suits you. I'll go down the line here. Uh, you've got the Louisiana boil Cajun shrimp. I would eat that. Uh, New Orleans style barbecue shrimp. I would. I love barbecue. So yes. I can't wait till you get to one and say no. I don't want that one. Uh, <laughs> signature. Well, signature Cajun. They also have. Uh, but like my favorite is probably the uh, French Quarter Alfredo shrimp. Just get some linguine noodles and uh, put it in there. Do they have a lemon pepper, too? Lemon and cracked pepper shrimp. That's what I I think I would like the most. I I love lemon pepper seasoning, so I I think that's what I would go with. And then they also have the uh, garlic herb butter shrimp as well. So, I mean, lots to choose from. You can even get them unseasoned. Uh, You cook them. You just boil them in the bag that they come with. Under 10 minutes, you got a restaurant-quality meal. Uh, And like I've said before, I door dash myself too much, just like with the uh, Sergio's chicken parm. So I'm, you know, it'd be it's nice to not have to pay forty bucks to get a meal. Uh, sorry, Eddie, I know I should go to the restaurant, uh, but go check them out. PrimeShrimp.com, great, great uh, sponsor. Go support them uh, so they stay with us. PrimeShrimp.com promo code SoonerScoop twenty five percent off uh, your order of five packs or more. All right, so uh, yeah, I mean, outside of that, I mean, I know we've had, you know, we potted last. It was still kind of. Uh, you know, getting feedback from junior day and you had a lot of guys you were still in touch with, but any kind of revelation since last week about, you know, what came out of that or what, well, any bigger positives that you take out of that? I think the one I came away with and it was uh, talking to um, our, our guy, Nick Harris at rivals. Um, he talked with Kobe black following the camp, Kobe black, top 50 player in the country out of Waco Connolly. Big time corner, like 6'1", 180, was kind of a late add to the visitor list. Everybody was kind of like, maybe he'll come, maybe he'll come. And I think I ended up confirming it like late Friday night, early Saturday morning, something like that. I mean, it was kind of last minute that anybody was sure he was coming. And talking to some people, it sounds like OU has pushed themselves right in the mix. And it sounds like it's probably going to come down to Oklahoma, Texas, and Ohio State. Um, there, It's interesting because it's kind of how you look at it because his older brother is at Oklahoma state. Now, does he see that as like, okay, I've gone to Oklahoma. I'm familiar with the state. I know what it's like. I've made that trip a bunch of times, 
or does he see it as, you know, like his brother does and F them guys? Like, you know, like, I don't know where he comes out, but the fact he comes up there and takes a visit tells me that he's probably pretty interested. And if his final three are those three, he's thinking big, big programs. And so I, I, like I said, I, I think it's interesting. Um, I, I would probably bet on Texas just, you know, being a Waco kid, Syntex. Uh, they're obviously putting a lot of resources into him just like everybody else is. But he does seem to have a good relationship with Jay Valai. And, again, you know, you start talking about, you know, adding that guy to P.J. Atabari, and if you can close on Williams Maneri, and then you start going down that list, you're starting to not, not just like, oh, there's good depth here. There is elite personnel here. All right. Uh, I mean, Under Armour camp, you guys talked about that. Was there was there any other you know guy that really stood out? Maybe that was off your radar a little bit from from being in Dallas Sunday. I I would say probably the guy. I mean, because there was such a long list of guys, and it's sad to say this now because it's probably going to come you know from for nothing. But Jamarian Ficklin from Muskogee, twenty twenty five quarterback. And I know Eddie Eddie noticed him before I did, and I just started watching him throw the ball. And that kid's got plenty of arm. You watch his tape, and he's an outstanding athlete. Um, really one of those guys that could run those old, you know, Bill Snyder offenses and stuff. Like, he would be outstanding in that kind of role. Um, but I, I like him a lot. He's already got a handful of offers. Um, but I, I think he'll push for four-star conversation. Like I keep saying – that 2025 class, you know, we saw Alex Shield Knight uh, from Wagner up there. And, I mean, that 25 class in Oklahoma is going to have maybe a dozen, like, legit Power 5 signees. Like, I mean, it's um, – I mean, it maybe more than that. But I'm talking about signing with the Oklahomas, the Texases, the the Tennessees, like that kind of – like big, big Power 5 programs. So, um, I thought he really stood out. I don't know if there was anybody else that really caught my eye because largely, and it's not anybody else's fault, it's mainly about there were so many guys that we had to watch. We didn't really get to just kind of eyeball other people and see what was happening. I will say Bryant Wesco is an absolute monster. That's the guy uh, o- that I was going to ask about. Yep. Uh, o- OU made him a priority very early on, and you can see why. I, I was talking to somebody, I think it was – it, 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 I was, I think it was Jason Howell, our old, old buddy, and he was talking about um, he had something like 1,100 yards receiving for Midlothian last year. Okay, that's really good. I mean, it's like you talk about like C.D. Lamb's senior year where he had like over 2,000. Like, okay, it's nothing compared to that. But you have to remember, his offense is like a veer. He, he accounted for like 90% of their receiving yardage last year. And so it's just insane what that guy's doing. And his – his hands, like he made a catch, and I don't know if Eddie got it, like it was like, I want to say like one of the very first reps of one-on-ones or in DBs, and he's almost falling over, and he falls into the end zone and like just grabs the ball one-handed and then kind of pulls it into his body before he hits the ground. Like it was, I, I haven't seen many guys have that good a day. I mean, he's he'll jump into the 100 in the next move. He is a legitimate top 75 top you know overall type guy and top 10 wide receiver in the country i thought two other wide receivers that i thought really had good days on uh sunday decorian moore and terry yeah. bussey they're both guys that they're they're a little bit different as well yeah uh, but bussey's a pure slot guy and a guy that you know if somebody watches some you know eddie put some tape up like if they watch it they'll be like well it's not refined 
got to remember, he plays DB. Uh, he's their punter. He's their kicker. He's their starting quarterback. He doesn't play a lot of wide receiver for Timpson. He a little small school out in East Texas, and I think two A. And they went all the way to the state finals. Now, um, and, and so it, it's not perfect yet, but he's one of those guys that like if the ball is in the air, he's going to outcompete anybody for it. Like he is just a good, good football player. And to Corey and Moore, I, I mentioned him earlier. He's, I mean, he's going to be in the conversation as the number one wide receiver in the in the country in that junior class. So he is outstandingly good. Another guy at Duncanville, um, you know, and maybe if OU can close on Caden Durham, if they, you know, if that's one of the running backs they end up taking, how much does that help them with DeCorey and Moore to kind of really start to get that that door really open at Duncanville when, you know, in recent years, Savion Bird's really their only win there for all the offers and all the attention they've given that program. I think now, especially with Emmett Jones and his relationship with Reginald Samples, the head coach at Duncanville, that's going to pay huge dividends in recruiting um, DeCorian Moore. Bob, I, I, I just wanted to give you an opportunity. If you have anything else you wanted to ask about the camp or recruiting before we move on. No, I mean, it was definitely Wesco because he was just the, the talk of everyone who was there on social media. And I'm just is it still OU versus TCU? And I guess, I mean, we know that, you know, Hawkins has picked April 8th. Will OU see any fireworks before April 8th? It's possible. Like that, and that that's but at the same time, if you made me bet, I kinda would lean towards he'll, you know, if he picks OU, he'll be the first commitment. Like I kinda <sighs> think that's, that's the patience. way it's trending. Yeah, yeah. Now, I will say I think from April first to July, you're gonna see the lump sum of Oklahoma's class probably come in it's going to work a lot like it did last year um but it is it's interesting how i i I don't want to say a slow start but it's just i I think oklahoma's in on a lot of elite guys i mean we're talking about nuaneri it's a top 10 guy in the country kobe black a top 50 guy in the country bryant wesco is planning a visit to clemson and doesn't even have an offer from clemson yet like these these are high-end guys that are wanting to look around and see what's out there. And, and some, in some cases their official visits are their only chances to really do that. So they are, they're kind of plotting their course very, very carefully. And, um, I, I think the other thing you have to consider is I think there's some element, especially at running back where it seems like Oklahoma's in such good position. Like that was a very popular topic, uh, at the camp on Saturday, you know, just, or on, excuse me, on Sunday amongst the recruiting reporters is, like, how's OU going to sort this out? Because there are, I mean, there are people that think OU leads for like four running backs in the state of Texas. Well, I don't see any way they take more than two. So they're going to have to make some tough decisions and figure out who the priority is and, and, and who, of course, they can close on because leading in March isn't the same thing as signing in December. Right now, all I want to see is more Sawchuck. I could give a damn about those kids. <laughs> I mean, after after the bowl game, I just want more Sawchuck. I, I don't. I, I still, I, I still am so mystified by that because I was like just how not he never played man as a recruit, and then he didn't play all year, and I was like, I told y'all, I told you he wasn't ready, and then he comes out and plays like that, and you're like, well, where was he all year? Like, what 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 was the holdup? Well, that would be the argument that since he wasn't a mid year guy, it took him that type of yeah. process to become ready. And I'm, I'm curious how they're going to use 
the running backs in the spring because what usually you don't do much with them because you don't want them to get hurt don't no physicality going through the spring process but when you've got bunch of young uh young backs i wonder Brian, like last spring Devontae Devon- barnes was hurt most of it and eric gray didn't do like anything because they didn't want him to get hurt but when you've got all these young guys how's demarco and brent gonna go about that process uh yeah well spring football coming up uh the 22nd so uh, we're gearing up for that spring break right now so next week they'll be on the practice field very exciting uh we'll talk more about that uh coming up next week as well and we can talk some about it today but uh, I, you know, one of the, the perks of, uh, having the office now is I kind of, it kind of has accelerated my, uh, knowledge of who George Stoya is. Uh, we talked about the parents last week that I heard that we were, we were in the clear. We didn't say anything too over the line. Yeah, that's true. My mom, that um, will change today. She's officially a subscriber to the podcast. I had to show her how to, uh, listen to it. Um, so that was an experience, but she was a big fan of the, uh, pioneer woman talk, um, and the concert talk. They, they, you know, were reminiscing on the concerts they went to in, in college. Does so, she yeah. have like the Apple CarPlay? Yeah, but she doesn't know how to use it. Oh, okay. That's a problem. Yeah. So I had to show her how to do that. Uh, my dad, a though, podcast, it has a podcast tab. Oh, I know. Trust me. I know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but no, one of the things I found out about George is, he is he is road compatible with us. Like he is not above eating at a, a Cracker Barrel uh, or a Olive Garden. Like you're good people. That's all I'm gonna say. I'll eat anywhere. Um, I love Olive Garden. Their chicken parmesan's really good. Um, I eat a lot of the breadsticks and the, the salad and stuff, which is great. And then uh, yeah, have you ever had the uh, chicken parm from Sergio's? I don't even know what Sergio's is. Oh, it's right across from hurtful. Benvenuti's. Yes. No, I've Down never. Down Street. I, if I eat uh, Italian in uh, Norman, I eat uh, Victoria's. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and make a request for that the next time I'm up. I'm a big chicken parm guy, uh-huh. so uh, let's, let's make that happen at uh, summer camp. At Sergio's, you, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll door dash it in for you. Then you're going to yep. pass out uh, and won't be ready for the afternoon session. It is a very large <laughs> piece of chicken. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a yes. very – and the great thing when they deliver it is they keep the, the marinara on the side so it doesn't weaken the – it doesn't make the chicken all soggy. Well, you shouldn't be getting it to go. That's a, that's a meal that you should not be eating on the go. Fair enough. Chicken okay. parm. So is that, I, is eat, that I eat everything think, on the go. I think Eddie just called for a Sooner Scoop date night. I'm yeah, kind of excited about that. <laughs> that needs to be a sit-down meal. Are you coming with me? Where? To Sergio's. To Sergio's. I, I, I can tell Bob's on board. Oh, yeah, I'll Sergio's go. Sergio's is awesome. I think Eddie's just saying you can't eat chicken parm on the chicken go. Chicken parm on the go. We're worried about the I'm integrity of the meal. I'm not eating it in my meal. car. <laughs> I'm having it delivered to my house. I'd put it on a nice I know, plate. I know. That's what I'm saying. But, but there are some meals that just you don't travel. At that's fair. This, that's that fair. I will say that the chicken piccata. Some meals don't travel. The chicken piccata from Benvenuti's, that's a very messy thing to take to have delivered. I, like... It's it's uh, you can't DoorDash French fries. It's it's no, be no. Like bingo. Yes. Well, it's hard enough just to go to Canes and go through the drive-through and and have your yeah. fries. You know, have them. Uh, their their the integrity of the fry is gone, pretty much. Which I by the way, uh, no. And see, I was worried because like you and Bob and Eddie like traveling, like or are you going to be like throw them out? I mean, the worst thing about traveling is you can't sit in the front seat because Bob gets car sick. If he's oh, not in the front you'll seat, you'll find out. I'll take the uh, entire back seat. That's fine. <laughs> just take a pillow just, with or you. Or I'll drive. I can drive. 
I'm a good driver. Now that's a that's an interesting uh, curveball I, there. I, <laughs> I think give that like seven years, George, and then Kerry might trust you enough to drive drive the vehicle. <laughs> like Eddie, Bob has failed me. Uh, he took a nice Eskridge Lexus and got a. <laughs> I had to, ended up buying a new tire on that trip. And a, and a Lexus SUV tire is not cheap. I've only been in one wreck in my life, and it did total my car, but it was not my fault. Hmm. So okay. I, I think we'll I, take, I think I'll I can take do it, it under advisement. I've never had a wreck yet. Knock on wood. Sarah Stitz had like nine, <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't even her car. I know they were. They were the state's cars. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean I. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised to know that George is on board for for trips. He won't be a problem. like Josh will tell you. Like Josh doesn't belong on trips with us. He he criticizes everywhere you go. I, Just because he has El Tiempo in his backyard, he can pull that out of his pocket <laughs> anytime. I I mean, what do you really catch crap about other than El Phoenix? El Phoenix is El Phoenix not is good. fine food. All right, <laughs> their their salsa is magical. Now. I will say Houston does it pollutes you. You're like, why would I ever go to? And I don't want to dislike somebody's favorite Mexican restaurant, but uh, we'll we'll just stay on brand. Why would I go to El Phoenix when I can go to El Tiempo or I can go to any of these other great like Guadalajara? At times, feels like a cop out. Like there's these great great Mexican places, and you're like, I'm gonna go there. All right, Chewy's has the I best queso going right now, in my opinion. I. I I think we ate at Chewy's last week. Like I'm not like I'm just saying like there is this. No, you you went like, through a I Chewy's phase because yes. you always wanted to go there like after we were at camps and things. Yep, I, that jalapeno ranch like that that stuff can cure cure illness. Hey, let me tell you what I did before the uh, pod today. I went to DeadSoxy.com, great sponsor of the pod, and uh, I wanted some new socks. I didn't do the thing where I'm like, hey, can you send me some stuff? Can I leech off you? Uh, no, they're already sponsoring the pod, so uh, I'm going to buy some socks. And so I went on there, and I got a few different versions of the uh, the boardrooms. I got the five-pack of the no-show. Uh, I got the uh, the OK Mix four-pack bundle uh, in, the, uh, at the, in the team collections. It all came out to just over 200 bucks. I put in that code SCOOP. I got almost like 33 bucks off my order. Even some of that stuff was on sale, and I still got 25% off. Uh, and then, because it was over 60 bucks, I got free shipping. So uh, $171 ended up, I saved myself over $30 on my order just by using the promo code SCOOP on deadsoxy.com. So go check them out. Uh, lots of different varieties, variations. The no-shows are essential as it's getting warmer. Uh, but I got the Maker Bay Fields. I just wanted another pair of those. Maybe I'll give them away. Uh, maybe you. Uh, but no, I want to have, maybe George needs some. So he's new. He needs some Dead Soxy. So he needs some shrimp and he needs some Dead Soxy. He's, he's a member of uh, the Unofficial 40 now. So uh, go check them out. Deadsoxy.com. D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Enter that promo code SCOOP. Get 25% off your order uh and as always stay soxy bob yes there's no more basketball you've been relieved uh that's not true though the portal just started <laughs> well no you don't have to watch that shit on the floor anymore <laughs> no it, it's funny right because we talked last last week we're like we're gonna know in the first five minutes tanner groves get a early foul trouble if grant Sherfield can't make a shot and Tanner Groves gets a foul in the first 37 seconds, and Shirtfield is one of 13 until a four-point play in the final minute of the game. It's like they just 
you know, you shoot 14 of 56, shoot 25% from the field, you're not going to win any games. I No Tanner Groves bashing, though. That dude tried to will himself to a performance in the second half and got a double-double. But there was just no one that could carry the day. No one was on fire or could even make like 50% of their shots. And you just knew even if the margins stayed between five, eight, or 10, it's like they're not about to make a run. And this is just a slow march to the end of the season. Well, you put a post up on the board. Um, give us your thoughts on, on you know, the roster, who, make, who, who might stick around, Who's probably going to leave? I mean, you have a. I, I feel like you have a good sense of that. Already know one, right? Yeah, we already know Benny. Benny Schroeder is outdoor. I, I think I maybe a month ago I would have said he was going to stay, but I started thinking about it. Is like maybe America maybe might not be a fit for him, and if it is, he definitely didn't think his first year was going to be like the way that it was in Norman. So I'm going to see in the instant gratification world, he's going to take off. And I I still think the one to just circle is Jalen Hill. I think that's going to not make or break the entire, the way that they have to go about the portal, but that's going to be a massive loss if Jalen doesn't stick around because Porter loves him so, so much. And I don't think Porter's going to process anybody. Now I will say there's probably a couple guys he's not, Going to be too heartbroken if they decide to look elsewhere. But I don't think he's pushing anybody out the door. I think, you know, as much grief as some of these guys get on the message board in the game, in the game threads, guys like Bijan Cortez, like Jacob Groves, he wants them back because he wants them to all grow old together. And that's how you build a program as opposed to trying to build a team. But I think you, you can look at someone like CJ Nolan. You know that, I mean, he didn't even play going down the stretch. Gain the season as starter. Yeah, his just, mom told me something. Yeah. Well, she told everybody. Something. She told a lot, a lot of people a lot of things. Like, you know that's not going to work out. You don't expect Grant, Scher, uh, Grant Sherfield to stick, to stick around for a, another season. I don't know what good it would do him or the program at uh, this point. And you just kind of – you lean on the young on the younger crew at the guard and for in the in the forward spot, and then you say you've got to find your answers in the post in the portal. No excuses this time around. I, I mean, I'm curious. Has the conversation? And you know, I've been to the press conferences like you've been to everything. Do you get a sense that Porter, you know, realized that he needs to build his team differently to compete in the Big Twelve? I think he still believes in his system. He just knows that he didn't check all the boxes last year. If you have an open scholarship going into the season, you didn't do something right because you just can't leave that open in the era of the of the portal when you know some guy's just going to be one and done anyway. Like you're not concerned about oh, I got to make sure I have the scholarship for this high school class that's coming up. That's not an issue any longer. You need to fill all those spots up, and then when you get a Yaya Kite, who you knew was kind of a reach to, to begin with, but then he gets hurt for the season. So you're basically down two scholarship guys before you even look at who can really contribute that's on your roster. So I think he just knows he's got to be able to hit a heck of a lot more. I think the impact guys that he thought from the first two years 
just didn't pan out. The Jordan Goldwire, Tanner Grove, Grant Sherfield, Joe Bamisil. They weren't what OU needed them to be in order to be an NCAA tournament team either of the last two years. And so you just got to make sure that you that you hit one type of scorer, type of guard, and one difference maker right off the bat in the post. And then you need to just sort of gauge what happens with the rest of your roster. It's like, oh, man, I didn't see that coming. Now I've got to go in that direction. But, I mean, there's not all 13 guys are going to play. I, I understand that. But you just can't take a guy to take a guy. So you got to be able to fill out that roster so that when you look at it on paper – this team belongs in the tournament as long as they play to their potential. But I mean, you know, I'm thinking more from the perspective of, you know, they always had problems with Oklahoma state because they were bigger and more athletic. Whereas Oklahoma state wasn't really a problem for other teams that had people that could (laughs) handle them. And because they showed that Oklahoma state really couldn't run an offense. The the disparity between what we saw, like Tanner Groves trying to do against Caleb Boone or Musa Cisse and then the next night, literally 24 hours later, they're going against Christian Bishop and Dylan DeSue. They didn't even have Timmy Allen. But it was like they were playing against two different yes. players. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's Porter's mantra has been length, athleticism, speed, shooting, toughness. It's like he's just repeating that ad nauseum. He's like this. He wants that ingrained into his staff as they're looking at any of the portal guys. This is what we need. I mean, we, we And we somehow they f***ing beat Alabama. Like, how did that... <laughs> like, I watched Missouri and Alabama play uh, the other night, or the other afternoon. And, like, Missouri, they hung with them because they were long, they were athletic. And Alabama, Brandon Miller was playing his ass off. Like, they played a really good game against Missouri. And I, I look like... I just watched the whole game thing. How did OU beat this team? Like well, they, I don't they shot seventy two percent in the first half. Yeah, I mean. and and Nate and Nate outside it after he's like, we hope this game becomes what it was last year for Kansas in the Big Twelve as uh, uh, SEC challenge when Kentucky destroyed them, and then Kansas woke up and won the national championship. Nate's goal was that that would do the same thing for the Tide, and it's hard to disagree or argue with what they've been able to do since all right so um you know the portal is open um it's just too early i know so many people are like oh they're gonna jump on that guy there's so many tournament teams none of those guys have entered the portal yet for the for the most part it's i i get it it's you're the first guy that enters the portal you're like oh yeah we gotta get them just be patient i don't think there's a clear-cut favorite on March 14th is, oh, that guy's definitely going to be part of the Sooners team. I'll next, say, I'll next say this, too. I like Basketball, I pay attention to the portal. Like football, I'm ready to give up on paying too much attention to the portal because I think with football, the only way you're going to be a national championship-level team is if you recruit, you know, top five. The, to me, the portal only solves a few problems. It, it, could, it could help you cure a position in the short term, but I don't think the portal is, is a way to build a college football team. It is, it can be in college basketball. Kansas State, Iowa State, and North Carolina State are all examples that you can turn around a season rather quickly through the portal. Yeah, in college you basketball. just need a couple hits. You need the, those guys that you are expected to be your difference makers. They have to pan out. I mean, you look at Shirtfield, he has what, like 18, 19 points per game, six assists per game with Wolfpack. In conference play, he shot 31% from three, 14 points, less than three assists. 
that's not the guy that you need to tend to be. He's a little soft. It's okay. Yep. It's a little soft. Good you luck got, to him. Got figured out. Spring football, I mean, coming up next week. And, you know, George and I have been sitting in here talking about storylines a little bit over the last week or so. But I don't know, George, I mean, you've been digging into some numbers and looking at things and building stories and things like that. But what is the first thing? We'll have a you know opportunity to go out and look at the team and, and guys like that. But, I mean, it's going to be kind of interesting, you coming from the NFL covering college again. You're going to have a little bit of an adjustment with kind of how you look at things, I would expect. Yeah, I mean, I think a little bit. I think the biggest thing is you've got so many young guys uh, on this roster that probably need to step up next year if they want to be a lot better. Uh, I know they have... You know, some veteran guys in key positions, but I mean, you look at receiver, uh, you've got a, a bunch of young guys that, that need to step up in that spot. I mean, we just talked about running back, right? Like, what does that room look like? The offensive line, you've got some big holes uh, to fill up there. I think on defense, you've got so many transfers up front. I think that's where, um, you know, some of my focus will be early on is, is that defensive line and kind of how they've tried to maybe revamp a little bit of that up front. So, yeah, I think it'll be a little different than... Um, you know, I, I view it in terms of NFL. I mean, spring practice is obviously a lot more important uh, in college football than than the NFL in terms of, you know, their OTAs and stuff in June. I mean, half the team doesn't show up to that for the NFL. But uh, spring practice can be a huge development period, um, you know, obviously for, for some of these young guys. And they have so many early enrollees too. you know, keeping an eye on those guys who, who can maybe step in and, and be a contributor from day one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I think just kind of, you know, really kind of tracking how things develop between Dylan Gabriel and his receivers without Marvin Mims. I mean, that, you know, Jalil Farouk, does he kind of become the star? I mean, that's kind of the question I have. And, you know, other guys, you know, young guys, the Nick Andersons and guys like that that got some time in the bowl game. And Jaden Gibson, I mean, everybody looks at him and says he should be a really good player. Um, He didn't play in the bowl game. You wonder if there's some, you know, he did get, you know, I don't think it's indicative of his character that he got a PI. I mean, um, you know, it, it's one of those things though that makes you wonder: is he is his head on right? Is is he built to to become a great player? Yeah, I mean, I I think that receiver group, especially on offense, that to me is the most interesting group of all of them because it's it's a lot of players other than Farouk and Drake Stoops. It feels like a a group of guys that really haven't proven a whole lot. I mean, Mims was that group last year for the most part. Uh, and you guys can speak to that better than I can. But from the outside looking in, it just seems like that's an area that they really need somebody to step up. And I think Farouk, you know, had a really good year last year. But can he be that guy uh, that that Dylan Gabriel goes to late in games or for the big play down the field? I know Farouk's sort of a burner, but it wasn't like he was a guy like Mims last year who was just running wide open sometimes down the field. Can he be that guy? Or is that going to be somebody else? And Farouk plays the same role he did last year. So um, I think it's a really interesting group. And, and again, that's also a spot that you thought they would go maybe and get another guy in the portal. Obviously, they got the kid from Michigan. I'm interested to see what he looks like uh, out at camp. And so uh, I'm excited to get out there because I also know that it's changed since I was here last year or however many years ago it was. But 
you know, we didn't get to go out there maybe once in the spring. Mm -hmm. And it was like for 15 minutes, we saw the guys touching their toes uh, and that was it. This, we might actually get to, you know, see yeah, a Brent's been giving us like 40, 45 minutes and right to see like actual hitting to the, the W point, drill. Yeah. To the point you're just like, shit, these guys actually practice hard. Like, wow. But like Bob, I think one of the interesting things too in spring offensively will be what happens at the tight end position? Who who really steps up? You know, Braden Willis got so many of the snaps last year. They really didn't play other people other than uh, uh, the Parker kid every once in a while. Uh, and it seemed like it was kind of in specialized situations, uh, bringing an extra guy, you know, to, 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 to block and things like that. But, yeah, I thought it's kind of interesting that Jeff Levy, you know, doesn't really have, you know, an, an H-back type, you know, presence where other guys are coming in that specialize in that. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the first things we kind of realized that that position, sorry, Jeremiah Hall, Dimitri Flowers, doesn't really exist in what this OU offense is. And did Austin Stogner just kind of watch Braden Willis and say, that's what I want to do. That's who I thought I was going to be at OU, but they never really looked at me to try to be that type of person. I'll come back to Norman. I'll be that guy, and I'll have that same type of one-year you know, spurt that allows me to get to the combine, allows me to get the senior bowl. and But it's another spot that we're going to say again. It's the young guys, Caden Helms, Jason, Lou, uh, uh, Lou Ellen. It's like these are guys that we need to know who you know, who they are. But it's a lot of it's going to put on what can Stogner do? How different is he compared to, to the, you know, in 2021, I mean, he underwhelmed. I mean, I know he, boy, he had to come back from a lot with that staff infection and, and all that from 2020. But 2021 was supposed to be like a breakout season for him. And it just petered out completely. And he, he mentioned he's in a different place mentally now compared to the, he was in 2021. So what does that mean for him as a player? Because he's going to have to be that guy. And guys, you know, I know George mentioned defensive line, but – I think clearly, I mean, linebacker, you know, you've got guys that have played there. You know, you, you bring Kanak down. Uh, the Cheetah will be interesting. but And maybe you put the Cheetah kind of in this discussion. But I thought Brent's most uh, – <laughs> I mean, it was, a, it was a really – it was hard to hear, I think, for some people. But it was the truth, and he said it. It was kind of a – it, it was a vicious comment, but it didn't, it didn't play like that. It didn't sound like that. But him saying – that we lost a lot of bodies at safety, but not a lot of production. I mean, that says all you need to say. I mean, that safety position is going to be one of the biggest storylines, okay? Because it's going to be completely different. That was like in minute 50 of a 52-minute presser. Yeah. A lot of people did not catch it. Well, and it, it feels like, I mean, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, Billy Bowman will have one of those spots. Right, yes. Um, yep. And then, you know, the other spot feels like I, I think that they would like to see Key Lawrence step into that. And it felt like they tried that last year and he just wasn't consistent. It's up to him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't consistent enough. And so, you know, does that open the door for, a, you know, I know everybody wants to talk about Peyton Bowen. That'd be a, a big ask. But is he somebody that can step into that role? Is there some other guys that can move into that role? Um, you know, I'm interested in. in well, Robert Spears Jennings. Robert another Spears guy, Jennings. Yeah. Reggie yeah. Pearson. Reggie Pearson. Yeah. I mean, uh, you have a, a group of guys that I think will compete for the other spot. I think also corner is interesting because obviously Woody has one of the spots. You know, does Jaden Davis become that guy officially? I mean, is he somebody that, I mean, I you know, does he enter the portal after the spring football? I know that that usually is the next 
wave, right? Yeah, you do um, have that 15-day portal after spring yep, practice. You know, you, you could see a handful of guys there. I mean, Gentry Williams, uh, obviously, is somebody that could maybe step into that role. So uh, I think those are all interesting. And then you said Cheetah. Uh, so that whole secondary, I mean, it's there's a group of guys. I mean, Jaden Rowe is somebody that I remember watching him in high school at Union. I'm interested to see what they end up doing with that guy because I think he's – He's a freak of an athlete, and I wonder if he if he can slide into a safety spot. If he's a guy that can play cheetah, um, you know. Again, there's there's several guys that I, I think they have a lot of depth there. They just got to figure out who who can step into those roles, and that's what spring is for: is who can kind of take a commanding spot heading into the summer and then obviously the fall. You would really like to look up in mid-April and say that not only has Desan McCulloch kind of locked him and solidified yeah. himself in at the cheetah position, but that would allow for them to move other guys around and not have to worry about you know, adding depth at the cheetah position. No, you're right. Cause he mentioned uh, last month, like Reggie Pearson, Peyton Bowen getting a little like, no, mm, seems like everybody gets a it, run at least it, one time. In a perfect world. No, I don't want those guys to add cheetah. I want Desan to be so far, you know, head and shoulders above that we can move those guys to safety and see what spot fits them best. You know, I, and more than anything, I think that I would like to walk away from spring and I don't know how much we're going to be able to tell, but I think you'd want to walk away and say, like, you know, whether it be a Danny Stutzman or whoever, he he kind of takes a little bit more of a leadership maturation role and say, like, this is my defense. I've been around now for almost a year and a half in a true starting form. This is my defense. This is what's going to happen. Almost kind of taking over what maybe he felt like he couldn't because of a Deshaun White or somebody from a year ago that was a mainstay on that defense. No, I, I agree there because this he's going to – how Jaron Kanick and uh, Kobe McKenzie react now is going to be based off what they see Stutz, what Stutzman does. He's going to set that tone. And so what what kind of – you know, you, you see all the videos of Kanick and Stutzman together, you know, all the time. What do those two how are how are they going to bring out the best in each other when they're out there? Well, and 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 you look at Brent's defenses even going back to his time at Oklahoma previously, like his best defenses have a really stud middle linebacker, sure, and it's usually somebody that is also a leader on this team. I mean, you look at Travis Lewis, Terrence Marshall, uh, you know Teddy Lehman. I mean, it it goes all the way back to those guys, and and it's the same at Clemson. You need Danny to finally step into that role. And I think the comment that stick, stuck with everybody is, is he going to be the funny guy or is he going to be the leader? Yeah, that and, got a lot of people excited. Right. And so, and, and you know, we still see the, uh, the, the fun videos they're doing with him, you know, interviewing guys, which is, which is great. But when it com- comes time to be on that field, what, what Danny Stutzman are they going to get? Because I think that we've seen flashes from him of being a really good player, but can he be consistently great? And he can he be the leader of that defense because again I, I wasn't here but it seemed like at times last year on that defense they kind of lacked uh some of that that leadership or at least it wasn't coming from their best players and i think that the the uh you know great teams your best players are your leaders uh and uh again that's no offense to justin Broyles. i'm sure he's a great leader but if he's your leader on defense you probably have some issues i'm gonna call uh the turnaround with danny stutzman official leadership engaged with Danny Stutzman. You know, when I was uh, chasing ambulances and uh, bothering all the players who were crying inconsolably, uh, I asked Danny, I said, hey, Danny, what happened? And he's like, oh, he, he, he went very coach speak on me. He was like, oh, we just had a player. He's fine. Player go down, but he's fine now. 
So he 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 totally blew me off. That's good. That's leadership. That's that, leadership. Yeah. That's yeah. Incredibly intense pressure you put on that kid in a tough moment. I know. Yeah, I, I feel so terrible about it. I mean, you know, if only I could judge whether or not someone was approachable or not. It's nice when people that weren't there though that don't do their jobs criticize you and paint the picture of an inconsolable crowd of players. Oh. I mean, and you know, you've never been responsible for an NCAA infraction. So I've never been to prison you know. either, so. Oh, well, there's that as well. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, I think we're getting into the glass houses kind of thing, so. Whopper, whopper. <laughs> <laughs> I love that commercial even more now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. A lot of stuff is going to be coming out of it. Uh, George being on board, we're. We're kind of meeting this week to get all of our uh, stories straight with George and, and Bob so they don't overlap. But, um, is, no, I'm really looking forward to it. Is there, like, any interesting discussion to be done just as far as what they're doing at offensive tackle going in with how good they were a year ago? Obviously, replacing Anton Harrison is going to be important. Uh, you know, it's going to be kind of interesting to see. They, they do have a lot of guys coming back at the same time i'm just kind of interested like to where see where does guyton fit in and yeah because and obviously it's a you know unfortunately for him uh you know the the kid from stanford's Rouse. not uh yep. yeah walter mm-hmm. rouse isn't going to be available this spring it's just like there's going to be a little bit of uh, a lot of movement and there. that's the thing jacob sexton going to be back it's a good question i saw him uh not too long ago and you know i originally thought he had torn his acl in the bowl game I guess I'd never really, it's never really been it's confirmed. It's never been addressed. Yeah, it's never been talked one about. One way or another. But I I don't think he had surgery or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, here's the problem with that in spring. And, and you could say this for almost every position in spring because we're going to have a ton of guys that were like, oh, that guy looked great in spring and then they, they do nothing next year. But the way... Those are usually walk-ons though. Yeah, that's true. But the way that Bill operates is we won't really know what the offensive line is going to look like till like week four, Texas, week yes. five, until yes. season anyway. He never um, has had the, the starting lineup on day one be the starting lineup on day 14. Exactly. But week I, 14. I do think it'll be it'll be interesting to see, you know, what does Savion Bird look like? I mean, he had a yes. great bowl game. Um, he's someone I'm, I'm super intrigued about, and, and I want to talk to him. But, you know, guys like that, Andrew Rame, you know, is, is, he, is he healthy? I mean, do we know if he's... Well, he had that surgery, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. He, he had gonna... it quickly, so you no, applaud that. I, I, what I was told is the whole point of him having it at that point was so that he could go through spring practice. Right. Okay. So okay. my understanding is that uh, now you don't know how he's healed. I don't know mm-hmm. anything beyond that, but I know the plan was that he was going to be part of spring ball. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is also a time for Bill that you see typically, at least what I remember is he kind of plays around right. with that offensive line, moves some guys around. So you might see some of that. Well, that's the thing too. Like, do the, if so, you don't have uh, Rouse. Do you do you play Guyton more at right tackle, expecting him that to be his spot so he gets used to it, or do you work him at left just in case you know, uh, you know, you want him to be able to play that? And maybe you think Rouse, you know, maybe he could be better than Rouse. I think it probably depends on Sexton's health. I mean, if they if if they believe Sexton is, is healthy, then I would assume he would be, um, you know, out Playing there at left, left and, yeah. and you just work Guyton at right, but. Um, again, I, I think he could. You, there could be practices where where Bill says, "Hey, you're going to work at right today, and then tomorrow you're going to work at left." Like I just, that's the way Bill operates, and so I wouldn't take too much stock into, oh, this guy's playing this position because by fall, we all know Bill will change it probably again. I really want to see Jake Taylor get in there at some yeah. point. Like I don't care where, just want him on the field. By the way, uh, you know, you mentioned 
Bill's moves, like one of the ones that made the biggest impacts was when he moved, he put Ben Powers into the starting lineup. So congratulations to Ben Powers. You just got a new, what was a four year deal? Yes. Yep. 52. The accountant, as I four, termed him. 50, like 30 something was guaranteed. Was it 30 or was it 20 something? It was like 25 or 35 was guaranteed. Yeah, it was, it was, it was up there. Yeah. I uh-huh. mean, Good day for him as well as it was for uh, Obo. Yeah, Obo, man, that's a huge deal. twelve and a half guaranteed for a guy that you really haven't heard a lot from. Hey, apparently, I was I was reading up on he him. He did well with the Texans. He did that yeah. at the end of the season. He was their best yep. pass rusher. He had five sacks, I think, in their last like eight games. Uh, so like he was really playing well. He was always such a good dude too. I feel like he's been undervalued at every level. Like at high school, he was uh, like he was the secondary thought to Tarodney Prevo. At Oklahoma, it was wasn't until late in his career everybody's like, "Oh, this guy's pretty damn good." Well, he was and then he he, he kind of kept working. He pretty much admitted that he was a knucklehead. Uh, yeah, the first it, two years it, it at was OU. his fault. Yes, he <laughs> yeah. took full oh, blame no, no, for I, for de- you know how he developed at OU. No, I don't mean like like somebody did him wrong at OU. I just mean like I don't think most people recognized how good he was most of the time at Oklahoma. Like, I, I, like if you ask most OU fans, I think they would tell you Eric Stryker was a better player, and I don't feel that way at all. He, Obo, like, single-handedly won uh, 2016 Bedlam. Do you guys remember yeah, that game? Yeah, he No, was, I mean, but, yeah, in, his last, in his last couple of years, he was just like Eric Stryker, where he was the only guy on the field that could yep. get a pass rush. Like, when he was – when they had to take him out of the game, you, you knew they had zero chance unless they were going to blitz everybody to get at the well, quarterback. There was the Texas game where Texas yeah. was just holding him every damn play, and there was nothing like nothing his, his jersey. His jersey was green. Great, after yeah. the game. great post game photo of uh, Obo on the field at the OU Texas game after that game. Yeah, he was really good in 2017. Yeah, so good for him. Good for all those guys. So now um, let's bring Orlando Brown to the Bears. Thank you. All right. Surely he's going to get a huge deal somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, Bob was saying earlier that it sounds like maybe the Bears are making some moves to try to get him, maybe to get somebody to protect Justin Fields. I mean, I get it. It's not not anything against him. It's just the Ravens we're seeing are a cheap organization. I mean, they're trying to save as much money as possible to to probably pay, if not Lamar Jackson, somebody. Uh, But... And in, in the the Chiefs, I mean, they've been cheap ever since they had to pay Mahomes. I mean, they let Tyreek Hill go. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Baker ends up too. Seems like Tampa's the Tampa right leading yeah. candidate, but who knows? Okay, so here's the question: Did the Niners pick Sam Darnold over Baker? Uh, You're the NFL guy, yeah, George. I, was <laughs> <laughs> I think he's was probably cheaper. Uh, is what yeah. they ended up doing. I think what it was at like an eight eight million dollar deal, something like that. I think Baker might get a little bit more money, and I think he'll also get a longer deal. Um, so I, I think that they just said he was. I wouldn't say. I think I think it was just a cheaper pick, and, and you know I, I think less right of now, a commitment. You know I really like Baker, but um, you know Sam Sam Darnold played well there at the end of the year for for the Panthers I mean they won some football games almost made the playoffs and Baker played well for for Los Angeles but uh, I don't think there's like too much of a difference there between the two and so they just said let's just get the cheaper option it, it the, the 49ers are going to be really interesting to see what they end up doing um, you know I don't think Trey Lance is going to be back you know at least not fully healthy for a while and then Brock Purdy who knows I so. mean, has he even had a surgery yet yes he just did like in the last couple of days I mean, long term though, you're 
probably, if you're Sam Darnold, you're getting paid eight million dollars to probably be the third string quarterback <laughs> when it's all said and done, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. And but so, they've got to have somebody there at sure, the beginning. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he'll probably start the season um, for him, but it whereas and, and maybe Baker had a role in this too, where Baker wants to go somewhere um, that he won't end up being. You know the backup, the part-time it, guy, yeah. right? And so, in, in Tampa, would obviously, I mean, I would bet on Baker ten times out of ten to beat Kyle Trask in a competition. Um, but I don't know; it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. The quarterback market is really odd. I mean, the Raiders signed Jimmy Garoppolo, who I don't think is any better than Derek Carr, no. uh, but he's he's a cheaper option, and that's why they they ended up doing that. And you know, they're also not going to get Aaron Rodgers. It sounds like. All right, um, so. Softball's going on, and uh, Sooners uh, getting back into the run rule ways a little bit. They had the Mississippi State series that they had to just win outright like a regular team. Uh, but, Bob, a lot of big games coming up for softball. Starting tonight, yeah, against Florida State. The, it's kind of funny how that worked out. The Seminoles go OSU over the weekend, and, you know, they let uh, Patty know, hey, you know, we'll come play you. It's spring break for us. You want us to come, come down Tuesday? It's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And some of I believe are ranked num- number seven going into this week, but just that rare occasion for an, an elite, you know, top tier non-conference game to actually be in Norman. Patty is like super excited about what the environment, it's, it's going to be a little chilly tonight, but what that atmosphere, what this type of chance can be for this team going forward. And yeah, it was a, another really nice weekend. Jordy Ball with the perfect game to to begin at Friday had had some struggles Sunday, so it's not like she's completely back to where she needs uh, where she needs to be. But they just have been able to get contributions from just a different player every every game. As like you just you can't hone in on one or two because three, four, five, six are right there ready to deliver and. A second, and, and that's you know just the, that's a credit to what Patty Gasol has been able to do in terms of the mental, physical prep, and uh, the preparation that they have for every single game. That even if they're on the bench or something, they know their number could be called, and they know that they gotta deliver. Uh, so I mean, the Jordy situation, like you said, uh, no hitter, and then you know a little bit of up and down, like. I got to think, though, that, you know, her throwing that, I mean, it, it just gives Patty more options at pitcher because it sounds like, uh, you know, that they really, it's kind of playing out like they'd hope. Like, yes. they have a bunch of people yes. that Nicole, they can trust. Nicole May hasn't the best, given up a run She's yet. the best pitcher in the country right now. I mean, she's been sensational. And 43 innings, <laughs> 0.0 ERA, that's 68 strikeouts. That's amazing. <laughs> to 13 walks. She's only allowed 18 hits, 7-0, one save. Batting average for the opponent, 129. Yeah. Who, who do you think is going against Florida State tonight? Patty was very coy about that when asked about it Monday evening. And when with Alex and, and Nicole, I mean, and George, you, you've got your, your choices. I think it'll be Starocco. That's who I think will get the call tonight. But you're not wrong with any of the ones that you uh, pick. And if it's not their best night, you know you've got... You can switch quick. You've got someone... Just waiting, just itching to get that chance. All right, and uh, Eddie Baseball. Yeah, um, they're playing well right now. 9-10, got Wichita State on Tuesday night in uh, Wichita, and then Big 12 play starts this weekend. Number 11 TCU oof. coming to town. And, I, you know, I would think 
if you can win two or three, you're probably going to start thinking about sneaking into the top 25. And uh, they're just they're playing really well right now. Easton Carmichael, the freshman catcher, uh, all he did a, this past week when OU went five and zero was hit for five seventy one and uh, drove in thirteen runs. So he has been uh, a little bit of a surprise, I think, offensively. He's really good defensively as well, and just kind of handling everything back there where Jimmy Crooks was really good for so so long for Oklahoma. And you know, I mean, it probably didn't get talked about enough. I think we talked about it maybe in that uh, Omaha pod a year ago. Carry was just, you know, Skip trusted Jimmy so much. He was calling pitches. Yeah. And you got a freshman in there now. And, you know, I, I think that he's a little bit mature, probably even for the fre- for a freshman. But the freshman class as a whole has been really good. And then obviously the guys that they brought in uh, through the uh, the transfer portal as well. So it's a good ball club. I, I think they're maybe even you could say a little bit ahead of schedule as far as what they're getting out of some of the guys. So. Uh, we shall see. Bryce Majors starting to hit the ball really well. Uh, it should be uh, it should be a lot of fun here as Big Twelve starts up uh, this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I it, you know, calling a game is such a, a a learning process, and and I think you know, like when Jimmy Crooks was doing it, he'd been there for a long time. He knew his staff really well. He had really good pitchers. Helps out too. But <laughs> it, it helps out when you're catching <laughs> yeah. Jake Bennett, David Sandlin, and Kate Horton every uh, every weekend. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's 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 really about kind of learning the fundamentals, which yeah. is you know, soft stuff away, hard stuff in. Uh, how you pitch lefties versus how you pitch righties. I mean, you never want to go down and in to a lefty because that's usually their natural swing. Just jack they'll jack it out on you. Uh, but there's all these little things you have, to, and then you have to learn how to manage your pitcher. I mean, some pitchers like you don't want to, you know, you don't want to call a certain thing, or you, you know, if, if they're off early, like you got to know how to kind of manage their their mentality, and and like it's it's a tricky thing. So it's it's I I can understand not wanting to let a younger guy call pitches, but like I said, with Jimmy Crooks. He'd been there. He'd been through the battles. He knew that staff up and down. So yeah, he was he was he was incredible. I. I haven't seen a whole lot from spring training, but I mean, he got a non-roster invite to go to the uh, to camp with the uh, Cardinals, so it'll be interesting. You know, Contreras there now. He's obviously not going to get called up or anything in the next couple years, but I think he's kind of what they hope is going to be the future at catcher for them. Yeah, and you put uh, you put you put something in the war room the other day about Kate Horton throwing BP, and uh, <laughs> he looks looked good. really good. Yes. Looks really, really was good. Na- oh, you Cubs fans are just drooling, aren't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, his, his breaking stuff looked nasty like it always has. Yeah, I don't think that, like, truly – most people do. I, I think most people do realize, like, what kind of meteoric rise he had yeah. last year. But, I mean, the guy went from – not only did the, the, the team just in general go from not even – possibly making the tournament to uh, the World Series Championship Series. But, you know, Kate Horton was – he was unhittable at times. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think – I've seen some pretty good OU pitchers over the last couple of years with the arms that they've had. And the performance that he had on that Sunday night against Notre Dame in the winter bracket uh, – I guess winter bracket game, it was incredible. I mean, he was literally unhittable. Well, and the thing is, like, if he had just been a decent pitcher and hadn't had that meteoric rise, like – he might be OU's best hitter this year if he was still around. Yeah, he could swing it a little bit. And There's he no was only that. getting better. So. Yeah. They they kind of – I think once he uh, started really taking right. on the mound, they're yeah. like, okay, hey, hey, man, you <laughs> don't need to be grabbing a bat. But just like watching him hit BP at practice up in Omaha, I mean, he just would hit tank after tank after tank. Yeah, he's, I, I, he's just an amazing kid. I mean, 
really look forward to seeing him in the future. So, uh, outside of, of that, I think, you know, we talked a lot of spring football, let off with recruiting today. I can't really think of anything uh, on my list. I don't know if you guys have anything you want to hit on before we get out of here. Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I do need to uh, say happy belated birthday. I have a coworker up at the radio station. His son is a big listener. So oh, happy really? birthday, Gumbo. Uh, I was supposed to say it last week. And completely forgot. That's on me. Uh, but, yeah, happy birthday. Hope you have a good one. All right. Well, uh, it was fun having you all in the office. And uh, we're getting close. By the way, I should tell you, the end of the week, that's the plan. We have our first uh, first uh, batch of shirts that uh, are in that are going to be. What it's going to be is we're selling the shirts and we're taking all the money. We're building a war chest for uh, softball NIL. So all of these shirts, we're not keeping any money from them. Uh, you know, other than to pay the cost of printing them. So uh, we'll be uh, having those online at SoonerScoopStore.com by the end of the week. Uh, working hard to get them up right now. It's a little bit of a process to do that with a brand new item. But uh, Eddie and I will have those puppies up, and they look awesome. They might be the best T-shirt we've ever done. It's up there. I, th- I think it's pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty partial to the uh, U40 helmet. Yeah, that's but a nice one. I, I think that these are going to be big hits. And uh, still got plenty of Lindsay Street stuff in stock. So, you know, we're not making any money off of these. It's all going to softball. But it wouldn't hurt if you wanted to buy something else from the store that uh, maybe we do make some money off of. So, anyway, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, We'll be back again next week uh, as spring practice gets underway. We'll figure out exactly what day the pod will be. We might wait uh, a day if if we have a chance to view the play, you know, view practices before we pod. So, We'll figure that all out. But lots of great coverage coming uh, from George, uh, Bob, Eddie, with uh, all the video. And uh, Josh will have you uh, recruit. Sure, sure, a lot of recruits will be coming in and out of Norman uh, watching some practices as well. So thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com.